I feel one of the greatest beauties of adult kids is that you can speak up for yourself. And I do feel like your dad and I did our job in helping you communicate. Welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hello, Ingrid. Hi mom, how are you? I'm good. It's good to talk again. Good to talk to you and really exciting to talk to you because we are recording this in the same room as each other in person. Yes, and that's been a while since we've been able to do that. We weren't able to get together over Christmas. That's right. It's been a while. And so because we are all together, we are going to do a little life update about us and reflecting on the year and what it's like to be together in person as adults, because not only am I home, but both my sisters are home. We've got all five original family members in the same house again, which has been a while. And that is so much of what this podcast is, is how do we do that? How do we keep a relationship past the sort of charted stages of child to parent? Yeah. And that can be a struggle and definitely in different parts of the, over the years, it has been much more of a struggle for the parents, for me and your dad, realizing where we really wishing control. And then when, when we do relinquish control and you're like, Oh, I didn't expect that. I think we talked about that last summer when we went camping and we sat around and you were thinking like, um, are we getting it? Who's going to get this train running? Yeah, (laughs) that's so true. I hadn't thought about that, but there are times when you do relinquish, relinquish control faster than we expect. Mm-hmm. Ellen and I actually talked about that just last night. My middle sister's home too. And we talked about how much you and dad have both grown as we have grown in the mm-hmm. last couple of years in, into our you know like young 20s and how we're still kind of hardwired sometimes to expect behavior out of you from like high school or something. But you have also grown out of, like, we've grown into people that are much more differentiated than we used to be. There's a lot more space, I think, in your and I relationship for us to have differences of opinion or to bring opposite sides of the coin together Mm -hmm. without it feeling threatening to our own relationship or to our own person. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot of years of like that being a little bit more entangled. And so sometimes Ellen and I still get into this habit of, oh, I'm expecting you to be put off by this. And then you weren't because, oh, you're right. You've also, you've grown there. We're good. We can, <laughs> yeah. we can talk about this. I'm really glad to know that other people see that I have grown and changed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the intensity, just like one of the hard things about being a new parent is the 24 seven of it. Mm. Um, and that's why being an aunt and uncle or a grandparent is sometimes easier. And you're like, oh, once you have kids, that's so great. <laughs> uh, but then when you have kids, it's like, oh, this, the child never goes away. This never and stops. You, you get a little picture of that if you have pets. Um, your sister has um, a friend who has a pet. So she's always taking care of a little dog who she loves. And that's been really good for her to understand the dog needs assistance and attention every day. He always needs food. He always needs to be taken out. Just, mm-hmm. you know, similar in a way to a child. You can't just like forget about they need yeah. attention. Yeah. But 
the nice thing is when you are older, you know, you don't need as much attention and there's a lot more self-deployed and a lot more doing your own thing and me doing my own thing. So it's not as um, in the crucible of um, responding and reacting. Well, you mentioned that yesterday, actually, with all the sisters home, we got out all the old photo albums and photo books. And uh, there was just a, a picture among so many of dad sitting with all three of us girls in like elementary school ages in like in a train car. I don't know what mm. vacation we were on. And my sister just commented, wow, it would be wild to have three kids just to, mm-hmm. just to constantly corral, just constantly behind you. Like you never go anywhere without like three children around you, like three, you know, all at the same time. That is a, a funny awareness that she came to. Yeah, I teach these um, parenting classes to parents of younger kids and they, several of them have three kids and it's wearisome. And I look, mm-hmm. at, them, I look at them and I think, oof, glad I'm not in that stage anymore. You made it. You made it because through. constant corralling and negotiating and um it's it's constant and trying to look out to somebody else's interests while they're learning how to express their interests is a super struggle i feel one of the greatest beauties of adult kids and now i can say that because i have we have a sister that had an 18th birthday yesterday so we have three adult children <laughs> is that you can speak up for yourself and i do feel like your dad and i did our job in helping you communicate. And through life, you learned how to speak up for yourself. You might not come to your opinions and your ideas immediately, but when you come to them, then you can say, this is what I think about that. Or we have some instilled some phrases, which are as helpful to me as to anyone else. Just right. Like, I want to communicate, circle back to that. Or can we talk about that again? Or last night I was talking to someone and I said, you know what? I'm not really a, an ambassador for this book yet. <laughs> I just started reading this book and I have questions about it and I would love to have a conversation about it, but I can't really champion it yet. I'm not sure I yeah. fully agree with it. Right. Um, it would be much, it would be easy to fall into this, like tripping over your own words to try to explain yourself versus yeah, really having the self-confidence to say, actually, I'm just going to change the expectation right now and tell you up front that I am different than this opinion. And yeah, I think that it takes a minute to realize that you're about to step into a place where it would be easy to misconstrue something or just mm-hmm. easy to feel like you're misunderstood and to stop there and say, actually... I'm concerned about being misunderstood. And so here is my caveat. The really healthy thing that the person I was talking to said, as he said, you know, I'm finding myself really triggered by this conversation about this book. And that just even, you know, those kind of keywords, Uh emotional keywords are helpful because I, you know, stumbled into the conversation. I was kind of excited. I'm like, you know, this book is like exploding my mind and I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it. So I started telling him about it and he was like, no, I'm finding myself kind of triggered by it. And so just to be able to say that out loud and, you know, say, well, it was unintentional. Thank you for continuing to talk Mm -hmm. to me. I'm not sure what I believe either, but I'm happy to have the conversation and be able to talk about it, which is something I didn't know how to say 10 years ago. And I don't think I taught you guys how to say. I think that's not true because that sounds just like Mr. Rogers. That sounds just like. Well, we learn as as kids about one of the first things you taught me to say was I'm frustrated and to stop my foot and to just like say how you feel, which as adults, we start to 
like somehow that we slip out of that because it's like a little taboo and it's definitely vulnerable to say how you feel. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that is a tenant of good communication and something you have to kind of relearn in a different way as an adult, Mm -hmm. because that's true. And we do all the time in the family. We'll say something like, can we just talk about the expectations for the rest of the day? I'm feeling this thing about whatever. And that's exactly what he did there was I'm feeling triggered by this. Yes. I think the use of the word triggered was new. I mean, I've heard it a lot in my midst recently, but sure. But I think, yeah, it was the action of I'm feeling this to Mm -hmm. keep the things clear. Yeah. That was super helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do like, you know, Mr. Rogers is always good. It's a good refresher to go back to uh, and to talk about expectations and what you're feeling about things. So you spent many a year corralling three kids around is maybe you've already gone through this transition because Ellen and I have been in and out of the house for a while now, but did you have a moment where you like found, Oh, or maybe you still do or like three adult girls are back in the house and you still like feel the urge to like corral or micromanage or like the things you would have had to do with small children far less. And I think it's like continued to unravel. I would say like a, a ball of yarn in my hands And the ball strings continue to get longer and Hmm. more unraveled and and tangled. And I feel now much less need to control. And when I have a a desire to be able to speak it up. What Mm -hmm. I do find is funny, and I look at pictures of your youngest sister. Uh, She has always had more of an ability. And we talked about this before, but possibly because she's the third and she needs to have her voice louder to be heard. Yes. But when she knows something, she speaks it up. Yeah. And it's refreshing Mm. actually, you know, last night she said, are you going to put candles on my birthday cake? That's the cake that I want you to, because she made her desserts. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's an incredible baker. But she knew that she wanted birthday candles on her birthday cake and to be sung to. And uh, she knew she wanted someone else to be in charge of the celebration, but she wanted a celebration and she's, she spoke about it, which wasn't, you know, the unspoken expectation, which nobody can meet. It would have been understandable for her to not have those expectations and then to have hopes dashed. Yeah. 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 I'm reminded of something that, um, Doris Kroll said when we did our interview with the Mm -hmm. Kroll and Bauer family, Mm -hmm. uh, a while ago. Which uh, is that your children have the same personalities when they grow up as they did when Mm -hmm. they were kids, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't really thought about that way because I think there is, was even an expectation within myself that, oh, as I grow up, I'm going to change. And there's this like vision of me as a put together adult that like doesn't really have much to do with my own personality. It was just like some Mm -hmm. pipe dream of the way that movies taught me that, you know, grown adult professionals looked. So I think that's interesting when you think about, or when I just get to watch my sisters and I interact as we grow up, because I was explaining to someone the other day that both my sisters are better at voicing their opinions than I am. And so when the three of us are in a room, there comes moments when the two of them will go at it because they have Mm -hmm. a difference of opinion. And from my perspective, often it isn't a difference of opinion. They just both begin to express their opinion in such certain terms that it sounds like they're at odds. Mm -hmm. And then it's like harder to listen to someone else when you already think that you are at odds with each other, but they debate back and forth. And I sit there so uncomfortable. 
And finally, one of them will look at me and be like, Ingrid, it's just the bait. We're fine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But some of that is just personality. It's yeah. just, you know, Ellen's really fiery and Audrey is really, I wouldn't say like black and white, but she's like very sure of what she thinks. And I take longer to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all valid. And it's kind of awesome that we have all three. Uh, what I think has been the most pleasant to me, and we've only been all together for not even 24 hours yet. So we'll yeah, not on one. Three days. <laughs> Family like fish. Like it's old in three days. That's mm-hmm. what they say. Is the ability to laugh at ourselves. Mm. And I sense and believe in myself that I'm able to laugh at myself more than I used to be. Yeah. And I do get sensitive about things, but I do also come around mm-hmm. with dad and with Audrey. And I perceived that with the three of you as well, mm-hmm. Ellen and Audrey and you, the ability to laugh at yourself and not take yourself so seriously and kind of recognize that you have a point of view, but you know, this is not like the end of the world. <laughs> We're You're not right. talking about like super critical topics either. Right. You're right. I think that's a, a tenant of growing up as mm-hmm. well as other things because high schoolers notoriously are terrible. It's really difficult for them to laugh at themselves because you're just a ball of insecurity, mm. which aren't we all, but less so. Mm. As we grow up, you get you get a thicker skin, you try to figure things out, and mm-hmm. the family is, of course, the, the people that can hurt you the fastest, but also the people that hopefully you can be the most vulnerable with to laugh mm-hmm. with, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested in what you said about, or as the parent of a kid, there's a lot of times when you are fulfilling the, their needs at a time when they don't know how to express their needs. Mm -hmm. Because what that also means is that as a child, I, we've talked about this before, I'm expecting like my relationship with you is one where you meet my needs and it doesn't occur to me that you have needs. Right. So I have noticed that quite a bit in the last few times that we've gotten together as a whole family. It's getting easier too, because we talk often, but that's not the same as being in the same room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes has to be a conscious effort to remind myself to ask what your needs are or to think about them as well. And uh, like really look at the five of us as five individual adults instead of just parents and kids. To think about five adults is easier than the, than the dual track you have going on. Sometimes quadruple track mm-hmm. of like, what is this child feeling? What is this child feeling? Is this child, how is this child feeling extra sensitive right now? And you know, are there physical needs we that? Are they hungry, thirsty, angry, lonely, tired? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I? Well, you know those really fast. So I wonder if you've used those before. <laughs> halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That's an interesting point because what I hear you saying is that there might be a little bit of freedom for you in, oh, I don't have to dig deep into reading each person in my family. They're all adults and they'll tell me what they need. Mm-hmm. Versus I almost said the opposite, which is that it takes me extra effort to look into, oh, these are all adults. And so I need to be aware of everyone's interests versus the kid's perspective, which is so blinded to mm-hmm. other people's interests that it's less work for me because I'm closer to the kid perspective of the kid perspective of I'll just do whatever I want. And the world kind of revolves around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and that's just developmental perspective right. taking and growing up and things like that. If the parents can help their child along that way, that's always, it makes it smoother. And I think the parent feels less worn out if they can mm. start to use the language of 
what looking oh and we did use that because we always used the bible verse do not look only to your own interests but also to the interests of other people which is a gift from god that we have that yeah it's in the bible and we remember to say it frequently because mm-hmm. i still that's like the, the the most critical truth is like your interests are important but so are the people, other people's. And can you tell me by looking at them what their interests are? How, what does their face look like right now? A little bit at a time. And that really grows. And you guys are much more at the stage where you're aware of that and of each other. And it's so refreshing to hear you say, oh, I know that my sister would like this. And so Uh I'm going to do this. And I, you know, I know that you guys would like help here. So I'm going to do that. But it's kind of interesting because that's when you know people and you know people's preferences, then that's when you can start making assumptions. I was just going to say, yeah, there it's both freeing and has, I think a little bit of pressure to it. Mm-hmm. because you could start to be like, oh, look, I'm looking at everyone's interests. And then you do something that someone else says, why would you think that of me? Or mm-hmm. I want to do that myself. Ugh. Communication is just so complicated. Your dad's new favorite line is over communication as communication. Yeah. I, I know that it has, I can put myself in your shoes a little bit when I listen to my brothers talk to my mom, because my mm-hmm. brother's think they know my mom so well that they want to shield her from things that she won't like, especially with regard to media. So there's my, but my mom uses it kind of like as a shield and an excuse. So she'll say, oh, your brother's told me I wouldn't like that. So I wouldn't, I didn't see it. I kind of feel like, wait a second. Why don't you? are your own person. What's your opinion about it? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Why do you just give away your authority there and your opportunity to choose and be curious? Uh, And I think through the years, that's something that I I wasn't raised to be super curious because my mom is not super curious. Yeah, I was just going to say that I I think that might be a little bit generational because that sounds, maybe I'm misconstruing it, but it sounds a little bit like male, like the males in her life and her just being like, oh, yes, the grown males in my life have pulled me in this direction, so I'll follow their lead. Which most of the time she is fine with it. Sometimes she doesn't like it. But most of the time I would say she's fine with it. And my dad used to talk about how he was surprised when they were in college and she had not been to some buildings. Like she didn't go to the union building and everything. Mm-hmm. She had her pass to classes that she went to and she was like, I'm not missing anything. Wasn't curious about it. And to be able to see, you know, and that's fine too. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. Versus, but, but he was curious, so he uh-huh. went to all the different buildings. I do think that that, I mean, some of that's personality. I find that with both Ellen and I. Mm-hmm. Ellen looks at me often in different parts of my life and is like, what do you mean you just didn't know or didn't want to know or didn't care? And I just think, hmm, never occurred to me. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of my life that I'm like that too. I'm like, well, I, I fill my life with as much as I can consume. <laughs> and that's enough for me. Yeah. I, I, I can't be curious about everything. I feel the way about friends. <laughs> that's an introvert thing. But, you know, I need a couple friends and um, I'm really fine. <laughs> and I have friends that are like, what do you mean you can't go to that party? What do you mean you don't want to know everyone's name? It's not like I don't want to. It's just like, I don't. eh. Yeah. And then recognizing that different people are like that and Mm -hmm. have those interests. You have been very clear with us, though, as we've grown up to draw the boundaries sometimes on your our assumptions about you, because I definitely have like created assumptions about you based on the way that you parented me. That Mm -hmm. had much more to do with my developmental level at the time than your interests in itself. Mm. But we've had experiences where 
one me or one of my sisters be like, oh, mom, you wouldn't like it because it has too much profanity or mom, you wouldn't like it because of whatever. You will often surprise us with, what do you mean? Like, that's it? Like, all of a sudden I can't see it at all because you think that it's going to be too, like, not like soft enough or something, (laughs) (laughs) which turns out is just because you didn't want us around those kinds of things as kids Mm -hmm. and isn't the same as you knowing your own, like, interests and boundaries and, you know, the things that you want to consume. And I like that you are a little bit sassy in your responses to be like, oh, don't assume that of me. I can surprise you. I might really like that. I can really appreciate this. Or we can do that together now that we're both in a developmental stage to like understand that kind of cultural nuance. Yeah. I was raised with much more sweeping decisions like Mm. this, this and not this. So to have a conversation, a nuanced conversation about like a difficult movie, like, or music. Yeah. Like I like the rhythm of the music, the tone of like the, the tune of the music. I just don't particularly like the lyrics Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something like that. I wasn't able to have those kind of nuanced conversations with my parents, particularly growing up. Mm. And, um, which I understand because as a parent of a young child, sometimes you're just like, uh, it's just easier to control this and yeah. just listen to these songs and not these songs. Yeah. But when you have a curious child, which is a gift mm. and you want, I, I was, I think I was kind of slow to adopt and understand like, oh, it would be helpful if I allowed my child to see these or listen to this, but then we had a conversation around it. Right. You know? I do think in the long run that is more beneficial to everyone involved because they're especially growing up in a predominantly Christian community. There was so much of the beginning of college that was people being like, I never got to watch these movies. And so now I'm watching them all, or I never got to go to these places. And I'm so, you know, it becomes too much of a 180 mm-hmm. versus it feeling a little bit less forbidden and talked about a little bit more. But I understand how much energy it takes to do that all the time. Even just working with my my little kindergartner a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. That's all very basic stuff because she's five. But jumping into a conversation that you know has a lot of layers to it and choosing as the adult which layers to unveil first and how to have metaphors that works for their experience in life. <laughs> that's a lot of work. And it, it that's the hardest part of the older teen years and the college mm-hmm. years when you kind of look back with design. And that's developmental too. To you look kind of back and you're like, why did I have these limitations on me? Mm-hmm. And then to have all the decisions I made so consistently and relentlessly and deeply questioned. Oh. It's just like, um, no, no, I, ha- I had a lot of thought. There was a lot of thought into the decisions of the songs that you listen to oh. and the media that you watch. It was like that simple song, be careful, little eyes, what you see, be mm-hmm. careful, little ears, what you hear. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not at a stage where you want to hear that at in the late teens, early young adulthood. And, um, so that's, that's hard. I feel like I haven't been in the throes of that quite as much recently, yeah. which has been nicer. And that's where the parenting style between parenting you, the oldest, and parenting your youngest sister, six and a half years younger, has evolved and adapted the most. Right. Because, but she's also a different personality. Right. So she doesn't question as many things. She's curious, but she's willing to like shrug it off and not so curious that she's like, I want to know experientially if it's hot. <laughs> you told me it was hot, but I don't have to put my hand and touch right, it. Right. Because you, I believe you. Well, I believe you. Well, I think it's really helpful to think about all of those 
pushbacks and like the really critical eye of the college student as a developmental stage also. Mm. I think that's really helpful because I just, I mean, for any of the parents going through it now, like that's a developmental stage. Mm. (laughs) It's not going to be there forever. Mm -hmm. And for college students don't want to hear it, but yeah, to know that when you grow up, you learn to give grace a lot more. And so that there's, it's just interesting to think about it as this like little pocket in time where you were raised by this really intentional, loving person. And then for a minute, you're like, all of it's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then you step out of that and you're like, actually, wow, like, I was raised by a really loving, intentional person. Mm. I look at it like that, that point of critical eye that's like not really helpful or loving looks much smaller than it felt at the time. Felt like the world was ending and it definitely like could have burnt our bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of dismantling, both good and bad that had to happen there. And I'm glad that it was just a, a developmental stage. <laughs> and on, for the parents' perspective, it's, it is something that has to be, it's better to kind of healed and recognized yeah. and, and, where you can kind of and not be bitter about it. Cause I personally can see myself feeling bitter about it. I told you so ish. And like, if you have kids someday to, and you're like controlling things and me laughing and going, ha ha, <laughs> now you want to control. Right. Why should you control? After all that time telling me <laughs> it was terrible. Don't, kids don't want to be controlled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you can hear in my voice. I still have to like work on that a little bit. Of course you do, because that's like so deeply hurtful. (laughs) Like I can't imagine putting my heart and soul into something for 18 years to have someone question it. And like for the have that person question it. Like there must just have been a constant like, who do you think you are? The differentiation, it's really hard for me because I was primarily, my life work was as parent and I didn't have another job that was like, this is what I'm getting up every day for. I did work on other things, but it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, this is just working. Right. And there's a large percentage of the population where that is. But yeah. for me, I was in, my life work was investing in parenting my children well. So um, that differentiation is really hard and important to, so I did go to some therapy and counseling and um, the counselor just told me you did a good job parenting and I just broke down crying because to have that validation that yes you did well and the result is not up to you entirely Mm. because when you do a work most a lot of the result it's up to you. Not entirely. There's a lot of things that your dad works on and he's part of a team. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I know that I put my best in mm-hmm. and these different things happened and though it didn't turn out so well. Mm-hmm. It's harder to say when you're working with other human beings, like oh, I put my best in. I am able to do that in the, the cognitive training I do with people. Mm-hmm. Is um, I am able to say, yeah, I put my best in. Yeah. Um, whether or not they did the practice at home or mm-hmm. are following through with the work that we did here. Mm-hmm. I can't control. So I'm, I have that differentiation pretty easily. That's harder to get. But they didn't come from your womb. <laughs> with your children. <laughs> with your own children. So that is like a really rocky. And it seems really, really important to have that competing voice. I, the voice of your child just must feel so loud in the like doubt zone there. Mm-hmm. And it's not enough for any human to just like stand strong in who they know they are and they know that they did well when there's this like erosion of like doubt and anger being sown. 
So you need those other people in your life to say, like, let me build you back up. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me like point you back to center. Here's the compass. Here's the real truth until this adolescent storm is over and the erosion <laughs> stops. And now it's just a tide again. Well, and it's interesting because I've heard parents in conversations with each other be really mad at their teen and be like, my teen is so selfish. And I just mm-hmm. want to say they're at their most like identity crisis stage of life. And yet you are like so fed up and frustrated with them. Right. So, but it's hard when we're at these, and we've talked about that before. And I learned in the Erickson's developmental stages, the seven developmental stages, mm-hmm. that the uh, developmental stage of an adult parent and a teenage child are in conflict with each other. Because mm-hmm. you're, as a teenage child, trying to individuate. Right. And as a, an adult, you're at the stage of, has what I've done mattered? So, yeah. Wow. They're like totally in no wonder. each other. Well, it's striking me that when we do life updates, when we get together, we, ha- we talk about a lot of the same concepts mm-hmm. about differentiation and what are we learning about communicating as adults versus kids. But I think it's still really helpful to keep having these conversations and to keep having them on the podcast because... It would be easy for us to create one ep- podcast episode that is the young adult hate, young adult hate stage, mm-hmm. but we are learning it a little at a time, six mm-hmm. months at a time, and that is, and then we learn it again, and we learn it again, and we learn it again, and um, different things flare up. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for this conversation. I'm excited that we're having it at the beginning of the week that I'm here. We get to reflect on it and put it into practice the rest of this week. Yeah, it's worthwhile for other people to hear that yeah. it is a conversation that keeps coming up and on both sides. Mm-hmm. So I love you, Mom. I love you. Thanks for having this conversation. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.